Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and we're still in isolation, still keeping well away from each other. But I'm delighted to say that down the line is Simon Bykowski. Hello. And I'm hoping Joe Bray. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. How are you both doing? Uh, Sire, yourself, are you coping well? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not too bad once you get into a, a routine, is it? It's uh, just ticking along. I've had a few days off, so completely out of the loop on anything that's going on, but here we are anyway. Well, it's one of those weird ones, isn't it, where... You say you're out of the loop, but I'm not sure what I'm. I'm not even sure what there is to keep <laughs> track of at the moment. To be honest, there is but, no loop. There is no loop. But Joe, yourself, uh, how are you keeping? Not too bad. I don't know what day it is. I don't know how, how many weeks we've been doing this. <laughs> I don't know how many weeks left, but yeah, plodding along. Plodding <laughs> along. That's what I like to hear. Like a like a obedient pony. <laughs> um. In. Yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna go down a different tangent there because I know for a fact that Joe's been occupying himself with a FIFA career mode in which I've been assist, well, semi, semi sort of assisting him and telling him to buy former City players. Uh, yeah. I believe Joe had had transfers for Wilfred Boney and was it Scott Sinclair? I was rejected by Boney. He wanted too much money, but uh, I dealt with that. <laughs> he's not ex City, but he's uh, helping Legia Warsaw to the Polish title. <laughs> I think that could be a YouTube series that we all need to, to watch at some point. How Legia Warsaw are getting on Joe's FIFA 20 save. Without Wilfred um, Boney. Boney. Yeah. So we were just talking then before we came on air that we're cruddling this now on the Tuesday, Joe. It is Tuesday, I can assure you that. It's the 5th of May. City's last game was on the 8th of March. My hypothetical question to you was, how long would football need to not be on for for someone to convince you to re-watch Sheffield Wednesday versus City from the 4th of March? I think that's one of the sort of benefits of having no football is you you can forget those games, can't you? Forget that they didn't happen. Because um, yeah, I've had no desire to watch anything like Sheffield Wednesday versus City. It's funny though. Someone raised the point the other day about whether you'd want to watch a classic match or like a a live nil nil. And I think I'm at the point now where I'd want to watch a live nil nil. Like it sounded great. Oh, you can watch the Euros again. Oh, you can watch classic. World Cup matches and I just think no I'm completely past that and particularly for me in terms of the classic stuff like if I was to watch City QPR I only really watched the last five minutes Do you yeah know I mean? like I know it's the build up for it and I know it'll be different since fans will want to live every single minute they want to be there and relive all of it but when you're doing the score you're doing when the goals are coming you just want to live those moments don't you you don't want to see Fernandinho overhitting a pass that goes out for a throw in like you're just watching there, like you need to be. Ah, oh yeah, I'm not a fan of these retro rewatches myself. Yeah, and like been speaking to a few of the guys that played in the '99 playoff final, and it's sort of remarkable how little of the game they remember or want to watch again. You know, yeah, like always... you say that that that's one of the biggest moments, but 
you know, you don't want to watch the 85 minutes where you play sub-par and go 2-0 down, do you? No, exactly. You want to watch those. Uh, anyway, so how have you both been keeping busy? Anything in particular away from the, uh, away from the sport? That silence tells you everything, not really. <laughs> <laughs> deafening, deafening silence. Well, that's fine, Joe, because thankfully, as you all know, there, there's still city stories to write, believe it or not. Um, this week, maybe one of the most interesting ones, Kevin De Bruyne talking about uh, City's potential European ban being upheld. Uh, he said that if it was one decision made, I'll review everything in terms of his future at City. He did say that two years without Champions League would maybe be too long, but in the case of one year, he might see. Do you fear that if City were to be banned for two years, that a lot of their stars would go? Or do you think it's just because De Bruyne's in his prime, he's got maybe one proper chance of winning the Champions League, maybe left in his career, that he would be tempted to leave? I don't think you could blame... Say that the ban does go ahead and City are out of Europe for two years I'm not sure you could blame the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and maybe Raheem Sterling Bernardo for possibly looking to join a club that would be looking at winning the Champions League in that time but I think what was important about what Kevin De Bruyne said was he said he's not looking to leave City at the moment he hasn't looked to leave City in the last five years or so he's quite happy where he is so I don't think City fans should be that worried about what he was saying I've seen a few sort of scaremongering headlines saying he's going to leave Barcelona and Real Madrid, they're circling now, but he, he said himself he'll wait and see, he trusts the club, and he, he made it seem like if, if the ban is, um, if City win the appeal, then he'd be open to staying, and I think that's good news for City. Yeah, it, it, it'd be blind loyalty for any of them to say now, I'm staying forever, whatever happens, because you don't know what's going to happen in the future, and that's why De Bruyne there's sort of Talk, you know, he's saying that his future is uncertain. Um, we've had the same with Reem Sterling, Bernardo Silva. Like, if City are banned for two years, then every top player that they've encouraged to join because of the ambition of their project, would it's natural for him to think, am I better off elsewhere? But at the same time, as Joe said, De Bruyne has got a lot with him at City. Um, there's a lot of sort of natural loyalty that's built up, and he is in line to be the next captain if he if he stays. So it's um, it, it's just an, an unfortunate consequence of City's ban that there's this uncertainty hanging over them for as long as the uh, the appeal is up in the air. Yeah, I guess it, it is tedious. It's good that I've already stoked those flames again, so another uh, one for the list. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, until there's a decision made and all this uncertainty, there's always going to be maybe license for some people to to go with that idea. But I guess as well, Joe, as well, the short term for City is depending on the financial sort of consequences of the coronavirus pandemic. Not many teams would be able to afford any City stars this summer, at least, and maybe even next summer anyway. Yeah, um, you already see in the sort of the rumours and the, the the gossip columns that Leroy Sane's price, reported price, is coming down. So I think the summer transfer market is going to be completely different to what it was going to be at the start of the year. Um, so whether that means City keep hold of players that may have other, otherwise gone, may, maybe they get some players or targets that were cheaper. It, it might work in the favour, but it also might persuade teams 
to keep hold of players that City might have thought that they could have got. So I think whenever the transfer market happens, it'll be a completely different environment to what it was before the world changed as it is now. Yeah, I guess in terms of City's point of view, and I know it's uh, it's difficult to talk about in, in terms of other clubs, but City are in a good financial shape. And in terms of needing players, City already have such a phenomenal squad. And to think that they've not had Sane and Laporte's been missing for a large part of the season, that if teams weren't going to be able to buy big players this summer, City would probably be one of the, few, one of the clubs least effective, really, by all of it. But uh, Sai, Joe there touched on Sane, and I'm not sure if you saw this during your time off on the lot side, but uh, Jupp Henkes, the uh, Bayern Munich legendary manager, said that Leroy Sane is not worth the touted fee anyway. Uh, the, the report said that he, he'd be valued about 100 million euros, and Jupp Henkes says he's not a breakthrough player and he's he's not an absolute top player. What do you think City do value Sane at? Because in that first title win under Pepe was immense but do you think his sort of reputation has dropped a bit by being sidelined for so long? I think his value has dropped yeah because um, if he was sort of at that level that he was in the 17-18 season when he won Young Player of the Year then he would have played more last season um, but he didn't and then this season, obviously, he's been injured. Value also comes down because his because um, his contract is is running out, and we're sort of approaching the final twelve months of his year. So, whereas City wanted kind of a, a sort of north of hundred million really for him last year, um, now he's only got twelve months on his left on his contract. So you'll be looking at something a lot less. I think when City were looking to buy. Alexis Sanchez um, from Arsenal in his final year. I think I might be wrong on this, but I think it was about sixty million. Um, they were looking at in his final year. Um, so I mean, again with the transfer window, we don't really know uh, what's going to happen. You'd expect kind of a depreciation generally um, with clubs having less to spend and players' values being worth. Less, but I think City could would still expect um, a considerable sum for Sane. I don't think that it expect any less than than sixty, and potentially considerably higher, um, even if they wouldn't really get a hundred or more. So it's it's up to Bayern. It, it was interesting because Hankers is um, you know done so much for Bayern, and Bayern have been pushing Sane. Um, it was interesting to hear him come out and say that he wasn't worth the money, whether that's trying to drive the price down or whether that's just his honest opinion. Um, I don't know, but I thought he had he had a point in the sense that if Sane was the player that had fulfilled his potential, then he'd be in the City team every week. Yeah, Joe, I guess it is interesting that because you can see from both points of view that, like as I say, he's not really pushed on from that incredible season he had uh, the view among City fans as well it kind of one of the players who divides the fan base some are absolutely adore him still and obviously he's one of the top young players in, in Europe but to some others maybe it's just a sign of a, a player who they need to get rid of for the best but from City's point of view Joe do you think it's crucial they get rid of Sane this summer while he's got a transfer value or do you think there is a situation in which they could be persuaded to, to have to keep him and then maybe lose him for free the following summer? 
it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I don't think he's he's a bad player. Um, it's and, and when Hank is there talking about um, how Sane is um, sort of not in the team every week, I don't think you'll find any City player who plays every single week because of the nature of the squad that Guardiola has built. He, he built he has built his success on rotation in every single position, uh, save for Edison, really. And yes, most City players would be first-team starters every single week for most of the clubs, but at City, it's, a, it's an entirely different project. And that's why they've been able to win so many titles in the last few years. So I'm not quite sure that one that one washes, really. I think if Sane stayed, City would have a, a great player. It's just whether it's the old argument of do you keep a player that wants to wants to go if he wants to go and there's a transfer fee available it might be better for all parties to to do that but if he stayed if there was a way that they could get him to sign a new contract I think City would not lose out at all I think he's a fantastic player he's been really unlucky with injuries that's another reason obviously why he's not played this season um so I think if he was to stay it wouldn't be a bad thing for City at all yeah I guess Joe as well in terms of Sane his next Summer now he's also got the Euros training for. You know he's got to try and get a full season under his belt. Then so surely there's an incentive for Sane that if he realizes he can't get his dream move this summer or he can't go back to Germany or whatever, then surely his intention will have to be to try and make it work at City no matter what really. Yeah, and that's one of the cases where postponing the Euros for a year will benefit Sane as the player and if he stays at City it'll benefit City because he's like you say he's got something to fight for he's got a reason to sort of knuckle down and put some performances in and play his way back into the into the German squad and he's he's had a season out of other players getting ahead of him in that way so uh, yeah let's let's see what happens with Sane I think there's other players as well who will have the, the same motivation Laporte will have another season to get into the France squad um, he was he'd finally got his call up just before he got injured, so he will hope to to get another one. Uh, Phil Foden will might look at the England squad. He's got another season where he'll be playing Premier League football more than he has done this season. So he'll also look at look at that. So the the Euros being postponing will help City in Sane's case if he stays, but it'll also also help them in in other players. Sai, in terms of maybe while we're talking transfers loosely on the Sane aspect, I guess the even a team like City with their, their power that this summer is going to have to be a restricted one. I know that other teams have spoken that it's not going to be a typical transfer window. For City, what do you think their priorities will be in terms of buying when they go into this summer transfer window if it was to open and you know they've still got an opportunity to purchase players? It has to be a centre-back, really. Um, they should have signed one last summer. They wanted to sign one. Guardiola really wanted to sign one. They refused to go above the valuation for Harry Maguire. Um, they were about ten million short of what Leicester Leicester wanted for him, and with Laporte getting injured, they have badly uh, been shown up for that decision because they've been not good enough at the back ultimately, and that's why the the Premier League title defences has failed as well as sort of Liverpool's improvement. So they need to sign at least one centre-back, um, depending on what happens with Otamendi and Stones. I think it was expected to be sort of quite a busy summer, busy transfer window. I'm not sure whether the same can be can happen now um, with everything that has gone on. So that'll be interesting to see whether 
sort of whether the amount of change that was thought to be needed can be brought in or whether there's a bit of rethinking going on. Um, but if City's options are limited as to which positions they can bring in, I think centre-back has to be the uh, the biggest one. You mentioned there, uh, Si, about uh, pay, paying the price for maybe some complacency last summer. Do you think it's got to the situation now that particularly, I mean, we've already, like we said, there's going to be these financial implications. side won't be happy to sell our best players, but do you think City are going to have to pay over the odds for someone this summer? Do you think it's going to get to that sort of necessity in which City are just going to have to pay the price no matter what it is? Yeah, I think possibly. Um, every club will know that City are kind of desperate for a centre-back. I don't know if there's a player out there who they could you know, strike a deal with or if there's a release clause that can be, can be met, as was the case with Laporte, who wasn't cheap but was good value. Um, but I think they're just going to have to look at the lay of the, the market after all these problems start resolving and and see where it leaves them. Joe, in terms of yourself, obviously you've got this uh, incredible FIFA 20 knowledge. Are there any uh, any centre-backs you think that are out there that would suit City in particular this summer? Um, one that stood out for me, and I think he does have a release clause, if I'm right, is Upa Meccano at Leipzig. And uh, he's been sort of linked with City for on and off for a few weeks now. He's, he's young, he plays at Leipzig, who have a similar style to City. Obviously, Angelino's there at the moment doing quite well and uh, he's fitted in quite well. So, if City need to buy someone, as Sai says, with with a release clause that would help them in what would be an unpredictable market, he might be a player that that fits fits the boxes. He might not be the perfect player. He might not be the... Um, he's quite young, so he might not be ready yet to sort of be the next Vincent company, for example. But he would... Uh, for me, tick enough boxes to uh, suggest that he'd be worth a chance in this summer's market, which we know is going to be different to to any others. In terms of recruitment, maybe you've sort of hinted at it yourself, do you think it is better then for City to go for someone who's young and up and coming with the potential to fulfil, or do you think that it might be a case of just having to buy someone ready-made? Or I mean, it seems sounds like maybe you think a younger player is, is better for the City project at this moment in time. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be sort of a case by case basis. I think, and I think that's what City are good at. They identify the targets early on. They do a lot of planning. They make sure that the player that they're going to get get in is is the right one. And they've not really made that many sort of bad transfer decisions in the last few years, especially. Um, but there, there was another report recently that uh, Nelson Semedo of Barcelona is an option, and he's a different profile to say Upamecano, for example. But if there was a potentially a swap deal with Cancelo, which has been uh, reported, then maybe that in that instance is um, an example of a, a deal that could uh, tick a few boxes, solve a few problems. And I think Semedo would be probably a bit of an upgrade on Cancelo. So I think, yeah, a case-by-case basis for City. And if if deals can be done, if maybe swaps, release clauses, um, that sort of thing, might have to be done and City might have to deviate from the, the normal transfer plan just to tide themselves over and wait until the transfer market gets back to normal and a, a position where City are probably a bit more confident and use, used to what happens in in those sort of deals. That's So yeah, case by case basis, I think. 
Yeah, like I said, it's very interesting to see how that will all develop. And like I said, we'll keep you up to date with that on the MEN as and when we, we know about it. But uh, another sort of development in the wider world of football today, we've obviously had the uh, PFA chief executive, Gordon Taylor, talking about suggestions about how the uh, the season could be finished. Obviously, there's still a lot of interest in getting the Premier League season completed as it can be. Sly, I know we've spoken to you in the past and you've spoken passionately on the, on the subject about what should happen, but there was this idea which has been touted today from Gordon Taylor who said that halves of football could be shortened. The Premier League, um, you know, have said that the idea is not on the table at the moment, but who knows what will happen down the line. But if football was to come back and the matches would be shortened, do you not just see that creating an even bigger issue? The fact that you're now playing by a different rule set, basically? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've said for a long time that the season is ruined. Like, the sport and integrity of the competition has long passed, whether it's coming back and playing... Um, you know, as it is, or in neutral grounds behind closed doors, there is no way you can get anywhere close to replicating the the um, the circumstances that the first 28-29 games were played in for each club as the last nine or ten will be. So in a sense, it's like if you are going to bring it back, um, maybe you just do you know, whatever the hell people want, have 35 minutes and a half, have like Rush goalie, have maybe a steward can join in and you can, uh, you know, one member of the backroom staff can come on for 20 minutes. But it's just that gate. I know there are a lot of serious discussions going on about how to best kind of preserve an imperfect situation. But at the same time, it's very hard to accept that kind of there will be sporting consequences as in like promotion relegation and things when it it won't be a fair way of of deciding it yeah i mean i think edison would be all in favor of rush keepers to be honest and i don't (laughs) think there's any other club in the premier league which would have the uh maybe the same power as city to bring off people for the playing yeah i mean maybe you could do like crossbar challenge because that would be a way of kind of social distancing. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I mean, I'm trying to think of other sort of wacky ways to try and just improve football in general anyway. Um, multi-ball? Get the managers involved. Let's see, let's see what Guardiola's still got. I mean, against yeah. who do you think would be the best Premier League? I mean, surely Guardiola's the best technically. I reckon Arteta's still got it. Yeah, good yeah. point, actually. Not far away. Yeah. Although I'd like to see them, to them two against the likes of Sean Dyche or someone uh, who would just put the foot in. It'd be very hard. To, I mean, I'd like to see yeah the man just taking relegation battles into their own hands. Sean Dyche clattering Eddie Howe when he's throwing goal. That would be superb vision, but uh, maybe that one we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, so you touched on there, football being ruined. Um, <laughs> which it basically is. <laughs> What do you? What does your gut tell you is going to happen? Do you think it is going to come to this case where it's going to be behind closed doors, but will return in a very odd and weird atmosphere? Yeah, I think the intention from the Premier League and the clubs is to try and complete the season whenever it's possible to do that. And I mean, some some of the meetings 
that they've had, you know, a lot has been said and moved on and others hasn't, but what has always come through is that people want to to finish the season. So it does seem as though there are plans. Um I mean a few weeks ago the Premier League were kind of hoping to for clubs to start training mid May with a, a look to return around kind of the first two weeks of June. Um but City training ground is still closed. You know, a lot of their players are still overseas. So it's a question of sort of how soon that can be, how soon they can be brought back and how soon that can be started up. It is the longer, the longer it goes on without clear plans in place, the more you kind of, well, the more difficult it seems to finish the season. But at the same time, football is reliant on the government and we've not heard anything from the government in terms of easing lockdown for a, a long, long time. There's going to be an announcement on Thursday. Now, apparently, it's Sunday when uh, Boris Johnson will, will address people. So they're pushing back all the time. So the Premier League is being pushed back all the time. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's on until it's off, is all you can look it's at. It's 26 it. till it's 27. We've heard it all before. <laughs> there was a great, did you see that one yesterday? That, that, that John has come back. I did, yeah, the, I think... The Spanish footballers tweet or something, which was absolutely it, mind-numbingly... It's just... Wow. Uh, um, we do urge you, there's a tweet on on, on, on Twitter, quite obviously, um, <laughs> in which two two rival fans discuss making an all-time Premier League eleven out of Spanish players. No, it's a five-a-side team out of Spanish players. Uh, it gets It's a technical loophole, and it's tedious probably more tedious than this podcast if you can believe that um joe in terms of finishing the season do you think city how do you think city would react if they were told that they've got to play these games coming up without any fans in the stadium um it's a tricky one the 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 fans being there or not i think if city are given the option to finish the season they probably would i don't think they'd want to be seen as one of the, the teams that are trying to void it and cancel it um and they've still got two trophies to play for that they will want to win if, if possible, especially the Champions League, even if that's a mini tournament, as has been sort of suggested with one one leg ties. But if you give City the opportunity to win the Champions League, they'll definitely want to do it with fans. It's it's a tricky one because there's, there's talk of the neutral venues, but if the Etihad was one of these neutral venues, City wouldn't be playing there. So that seems really weird to me and a bit of a an odd suggestion. I, I can get why the teams down the bottom don't want don't want that. They want to play at their own stadiums and preferably with fans. It's you, you're never going to find a perfect solution. Um, and I don't think I've got an alternative for that. But I think if if it came down to it and City were offered the chance to finish the season or not, I think they'd say yes, whatever way that came. Although I don't think that they'd, uh, they'd opt for. Uh, games less than 90 minutes like Gordon Taylor said uh, maybe a bit of a novelty question on on, the, on this one to end but if games were shorter do you think that would suit City's approach or not because I know maybe particularly in that first title season I keep on thinking back to all those late sort of clutch goals they got I mean they won by a mile in, in the end anyway but City are known for playing right to the end so having a shorter game surely would be a 
disadvantage to City because quite often, you know, sometimes they start slow and then come back late on and, and find their rhythm. I mean, it's a hypothetical one. I, I can't see happening anyway with the shorter games. But side, do you think it would suit City? Or do you think it'd be bad if the games were shorter? Don't know. Couldn't care less. Can't even be bothered to think about that one. It's, yeah, you know, do we have a darts contest to end it? I don't know. It's, um, all seems a bit daft. Well, that's a ringing endorsement for the Manchester, oh, the City, Talking City podcast. The podcast, which name I keep on forgetting about. That's how <laughs> loyal I am to it. Um, but yeah, I think that is all for today's episode. I'm sure you'll be glad to hear it. And Joe, thank you very much for joining us on this impromptu episode of the Talking City podcast. Uh, We will be back again, who knows when, but I'm sure we will be. Um, Thank you very much for listening. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already, and we will see you again next time.